0: Hello and welcome to the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. Today's show is our review of WWE WrestleMania Night One. I'm your host for the show today. If you don't know, I'm Patrick Vincent Crown, aka PVC. And I'm joined today, as always, by my podcast pal and tag team partner, Jimmy Starr. From the American National Anthem at the start, through to the main event of the show, Jim and I cover WrestleMania Night 1 in this podcast, and we'll be back for Night 2 very soon. If you've not seen Night 1 just yet, well, we'll be talking about everything that happened, so spoilers for that. Drop a comment over on our Facebook page if you have any thoughts about the biggest show of the year from WWE. We'd love to hear from you. Anyways, without further ado, let's dive into our WWE WrestleMania Night 1 review. So WWE were back for their grandest event and most stupendous show of all. We are talking about WrestleMania. Now, we sat down and we've watched night one of WrestleMania. So we're going to sit here and we're going to review night one of WrestleMania. Jimmy, you managed to watch the show. Give us a kind of an overall view of WrestleMania night one before we jump into the nitty gritty details.
1: Well, aside from the fact they used the word stupendous fucking 577 times. (laughs) Um and uh, a few little issues I have with the show. I actually thought uh, both nights were very, very good. I think this is probably the best WrestleMania they've had in a long time. I don't like the two-night format. I wish it was a one-night format. I wish I would go back to that. But they're sticking with the two-night format so that people can, you know, so we can have bigger matches and longer matches. And, you know, I understand that in a way because... You know when WrestleMania's were one night towards the end, they were sort of encroaching six hour, seven hour shows that people just couldn't bear. So, splitting it into maybe I don't know. I just wish WrestleMania was like it was when I was a kid, just to, you know, or what you know, how it was the whole time you know, three, four hour show. <laughs> and then get on it what you wanna get on it and um, you know, just 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 build for the bigger matches rather than two nights. I think two nights is a bit exhausting. But this, this this show, this both shows, um, they they managed to pull off an extremely good WrestleMania with some of the best WrestleMania matches I think I've seen in a long time. Um and it's it, it it's it's one of those things where it's proven and, and I've had it as well, not saying that fsw is in any way you know resembles a, a wrestlemania show or card but sometimes you know when you you don't have the the massive stars that you've had before and there isn't that much buzz going into wrestlemania because this year i didn't feel i don't know about you but i didn't feel like there was that much buzz of going into wrestlemania i didn't really care about it i sort of forgot about it. Did, do you know what I mean? Did you? Like, did you give a shit about it?
0: I had the exact same feeling. There was a few matches that I knew were happening. There was a one or two things that I thought might happen, but I didn't feel any buzz. I didn't feel any excitement. I didn't feel the need to watch it other than to sit down and review it for this podcast. So yeah, it kind of lost its, its majesty really. Yeah.
1: And, and, and I, I don't know whether, like for me, that's two night format or whether, because we don't really watch raw or SmackDown there was, uh, you know, I didn't feel like there was any big match um, scenario. It the only big match that 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 was, I think, was uh, led, you know, led into well. And there was some good skits and promos and bits and bobs before it was the match we'll talk about next time on the podcast. Was was Reigns versus Lesnar. I felt that was built up well. I thought Charlotte versus um, Ronda Rousey. I thought that was built up poorly. Um Ronda Rousey, just for some reason, is just not is just not in the wrestling mindset at the moment. She's she, she's very, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about her match today. Well, I not mean, that was night one, wasn't it? Mm. So, yeah, yeah, that, that was so, night one. So, yeah. so we'll talk about what we feel about her match. But her actual promo skills and her, you know, her sort of physicality going into this. Hasn't been particularly good, but you know she's not a wrestler, and we have to remember that, and we have to remember a lot of, you know, uh, quite a few people on this on this event weren't wrestlers, and 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 that's what you, you sometimes you have to get into your get into your head. So her and Charlotte, um, for, for example, that was a match I was looking forward to to see how Rousey would do, but the the planning and the actual skits and stuff that went into it. Didn't really, didn't, didn't really fly my boat. So all in all, you know, sort of thinking about it, sort of answering your question, wrapping it up fully, I was imp- really, really impressed with this WrestleMania. I thought it was the best WrestleMania in, in, in a very long time. But going into it, actually going into it, the hype and whatever, going into it, I didn't, wasn't interested in it at all. It was just the fact that I, what, you know, we do the podcast and also, you know, yeah I'm a wrestling fan I love wrestling so you watch Wrestlemania simple as that um, it's you know it's almost a duty type thing um, and I'm glad I did watch it um, and, and we'll go obviously go through that match by match but you know how did you feel about it?
0: I was um, typing up some notes just before we jumped on the podcast and sort of thinking back a few of the matches like there were some really, really good matches. And if you kind of put them in, a, in an event together, like I haven't seen Night 2 yet, but I know there's a few matches on there that I really want to see. But if you took the top matches from Night 1 and the top matches from Night 2 and put them together in, like you said, a three or four hour event, maybe cut down on a few of the skits and sketches and, you know, songs and, and performances and, Hall of Fame ceremonies and things like that and just kind of drilled it down to this awesome wrestling event where the best of the best have to come together to fight and 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 just have these awesome matches. Like, you could have a really awesome show if you just kind of smush the two nights together, but they just, they just seem to drag it out and it just becomes long and it takes the enjoyment out of some of the matches because there were some cracking matches and, and we'll get into them in just a second, but like having to wait like 10, 15, 20 minutes in between each matches and I could have easily have fast-forwarded them because I watched the stream of it, but I don't think that's what WrestleMania is about. I think WrestleMania is about the whole sort of thing. It's about trying to enjoy every little part of it because it only comes around once a year and there's a pomp and circumstance of the whole thing. But when you just sit in there and there's adverts, then there's another advert, then there's a skit, then there's an advert, then there's a promo, and then there's an advert, you're like, oh, come on, guys, I know you got to pay for this show. It looked very, very expensive so many wrestlers on the show, so many fireworks, you've got celebrities, you've got talking segments, you've got people coming out in cars and marching bands and all this kind of stuff. I can imagine this cost a lot of money and you've got to have sponsors to pay for it, but it's like at the cost of the sort of the flow of the show. So yeah, I enjoyed it, but I just wish somebody had like edited it down for me and just put the best parts in so I didn't have to watch the whole entire kind of you know, debacle yeah
1: and I, I although don't... it wasn't a debacle well, well, but, yeah. yeah also a lot of it i think um you know that well not that wwe have got realized but the, the the wwe probably do realize but it's still it's still you know annoying for 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 fans for, for fans around the world and you know british fans especially when you've got obviously that's all the all the celebrities and things like that, that they point out in the crowd or whatever and Stand out, give a wave, and everyone goes mad. To you know that not, not, no, we don't know who the fuck they are. So to us, it's just a pointless, just a pointless skit. You know what I mean? There's someone from the Dallas, a player from the Dallas Cowboys. I don't watch American football. Do you know what I mean? Or it's a you know, it, it's 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 some soap opera star or something like that. When they, the the woman who who they announced to, who was singing, you know, the, the national anthem, which I know is you know they do that at the beginning of every every Wrestlemania I know that but the woman who sang the national anthem like they, they, when the guy fucking like in, introduced her and I thought oh fuck it's like Lady Gaga or someone singing it do you know what I mean and then this pretty little blonde bird was standing there i didn't know the fuck she was i don't know the fuck these people are and i think that that's something that wwe do quite a lot they they, they highlight people who, who no one else knows who they are but you know again like you say they got you know uh, the dallas cowboys or whatever might have put quite a lot of money into this show because it's their it's their arena they might have put a bit of money into this show to to support the, the, the Dallas Cowboys and their and their and their team and obviously they had their uh, cheerleaders doing a lot of stuff and their marching band doing bits and bobs. But you know a lot of these people I just don't know who they are. So yeah, you're right. The the, the skits and the and the celebrities and all that sort of stuff that they that they point out or bring in or use I've, I've no idea who the fuck these guys are. And aside from Johnny Knoxville. The celebrities they used in the matches—I didn't really know who the fuck they were. Um, but obviously, we'll go and talk about that a bit later. It's just, just, it's just a lot of people I don't really know who the fuck they are. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, and i, I would imagine the st- average British person doesn't know either. And 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 not—I'm not saying that they shouldn't show these people in in some kind of light, but show them all at once or something like that because it just disengages people who, if if you don't know who someone is and they're highlighting them just this, this totally disengages you from what you just watched. Because you're looking at a stranger, do you know what I mean. Like, did you, did you know who half these fuckers were? Do you know what I mean? Do they point it out, you know?
0: I think a few people you mentioned there are probably in the second night, which I haven't seen yet. But they kicked off with some country music band that were from Dallas. I had no idea who they were. There was a couple of people they pointed out in the crowd. I had no idea who they were. I sort of knew who Logan Paul was from from the internet, and he had a match with with the Miz and the Mysterios and stuff. But like, a lot of it just kind of goes over my head. And yeah, like you said, it's this stopgap between matches, and it, it just drags out the whole proceeding where you're just like, oh, right, I was really jazzed after that match. That match was cool. I'm excited to see what's next. Oh, we've got a promo package. Great, there's a promo package, and then the match is going to start. Oh, no, we've got an advert in between that. Oh, no, we're now promoting something with a really awkward advert with Sheamus or, you know, Charlotte's interacting and playing with dolls or something. It's like, come on, can we have a better flow to the show? And whether they're doing it for the people in the arena, whether it's like, right, have a match, 10 minutes so you can go and get some popcorn, 10 minutes, you can go and, you know, have a slash, come back, get a few more beers, Uh, in for the next match but like as a as a viewer of it i just found myself like watching the match getting engaged loving the match and then just sitting there twiddling my thumbs on my phone playing tetris for for 10 15 minutes until the next thing came along and i didn't watch it live and you know it comes on at midnight one o'clock in the in the morning i would have been falling asleep by like the second match just just how long it was
1: yeah yeah exactly and you know like you say we they could probably trim trim the fat a little bit and and make it a long night, a long night one, than rather than you know. But again, a lot of these superstars, they want their time. Um, you know, there's a lot of people on that show, who you know are extremely famous. A lot of wrestlers who are extremely famous, um, who have come for, for for obviously for for a good paycheck. Like they, they don't wrestle year round. This is their biggest exposure they're going to get, and they want their time. And if they want their time then this is the best way, I suppose, for instrument man the WWE, to give it to them. And that's, and that's by splitting it down into two nights. You know, it's, it's not, it's not something I really, really hate. It's just something, it's just too much wrestling. I love wrestling, but there's such a thing as too much wrestling and two, and two fucking nights of, you know, two nights with two, four hour shows packed to wrestling. It in you know, it's again, it's a little bit too much, but, a positive um i loved the way it looked this year it it looked simplistic but it looked great that the huge wrestlemania sign i think that was so much better than 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 some of the huge sets and stuff they tried to bomb before it looked beautiful i thought um a really nice setup um obviously hugely expensive but it didn't look too you know, overproduced. There wasn't like, you know, buildings everywhere or fucking, you know, uh, uh, you know, like they do in New York, you know, like they try and build a little mini New York above the ring and blah, blah, blah. I thought the set looked absolutely brilliant and immaculate as well. It was a bit of a long old walk to the ring for the rest of us, but it was a superb looking WrestleMania. They always. They always really go to town with WrestleManias so and make them look good. And I thought the 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 simplistic look uh, was was more pleasing to the eye for me than you know the 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 sort of meshed up look of you know of like I said of buildings and everywhere and huge huge colors and whatever everywhere that fuck with your eyes. I just thought it was a really night and a really nice huge, obviously expensive, but simple set that 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 they create for that WrestleMania I thought well, this year's WrestleMania looked great.
0: Yeah, it was nice and clean. And I didn't really feel that kind of really long entrance way. Um, whereas in, you know, events in the past, like they've done some of the Saudi Arabia shows where literally it takes them five minutes to walk down the ramp. It didn't feel like that. It felt big enough where, you know, a wrestler can be walking down the ramp and, you know, showing out and, and interacting with the crowd and interacting with the camera, you know, and a lot of people had very unique entrances, which is really, really cool. I always love to see that at WrestleMania, but it didn't feel like they were walking down the ramp for like 10 20 minutes like they have done in previous shows so
1: i was i was thankful for that yeah yeah no you're right it wasn't that long but it, yeah it was it, it it was it was just a really like you say really clean you know smooth smooth set and i i thought i thought it looked great for uh for wrestlemania and, and once once it got going and g'd up and everything and once the fucking the stupid shit with the uh with 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 the national anthem was over and you know everything gets kicking off you know i was excited to see it it got my blood pumping in it and i i wanted to see what happened so yeah, let's crack on with the match.
0: That's Brits don't really get the whole national anthem thing, do we? But anyway, we kicked off WrestleMania Night One with Rick Boogs on the guitar. He was playing his guitar very loud, and he brought down Shinsuke Nakamura. This was a tag team match for the SmackDown tag team titles. It was Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura versus the champions, the Usos. I thought this was a pretty kind of standard tag match to kick off the event. It felt a little bit pre-show for me. Um, Nothing out of the ordinary for the Usos when you. You put those guys in the ring with anybody, they can always, you know, produce really, really, really good results. Shinsuke is awesome, Rick Boogs. I've not seen. Too much of him, but he seemed to handle himself pretty well in the ring up until later on in the match. Um, he went for a spot where he got one of the usos in sort of a Death Valley Driver, Fireman's Carry type thing, and then the other uso kind of jumped on top. and Rick Boogs is a very muscular, very strong looking man. Um, he tried to pick up both usos, and it kind of looked gimmicked. I thought this was part of the match. Um, he just buckled and fell to the floor, and then you didn't see him for the rest of the match. So I thought it was a work because. Because later on, they were trying to... The announcers were trying to tell us what had happened to him, like, exactly what had happened. And, like, I think it was Corey Graves couldn't quite get it right, and they started laughing, and they were sort of joking about it. I was like, this is a work, right? If some guy's just like, Patella has just popped out of his leg, like, why are you, like, laughing about the, the, the scientific term for, for what's happened to him? And then later on, they showed him actually being carried out by, like, five different trainers and a referee. And I was like, actually, it looks like he's properly messed up his knee. So, like... I feel really bad for Rick Boogs as, per- as somebody that's had bad knees and things like that happen in the middle of the ring. Like, it's awful, but you didn't notice it in the match. Well, I didn't notice it. I noticed he crumpled to the floor and then that was him out of the match. And then, you know, the Usos um, sort of took over and-, and pinched Shinsuke Nakamura and retained the titles. You didn't kind of notice it. The referee didn't throw up any X signals. There was They just sort of pushed him out of the way and carried on with the rest of the match, which made me think that it was a work. But... I guess it wasn't, and I I don't fully know, but yeah, poor lad. Uh, did you manage to see this match? Yeah, too,
1: yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you said, very simplistic. Uh, obviously, the USOs tend to ramp it up a little bit when they wrestle, especially on big shows. They'll start fairly simplistic, and then they'll you know they'll 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 bung in all their shit and get in a load of false finishes. But this wasn't like that. It was a very simple tag. Um, the obviously the USOs are the heels. And I don't know if they're trying to wrestle like Gills by being more simplistic, and that's fine. They are. You know, that's what a heel tag team should do. They shouldn't really outshine the baby faces, in my opinion. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura, you know, I know he was huge in Japan and everyone loved him in Japan, but since he's come to the WWE, I don't think he's done very well. I don't particularly like his style. um, I know a lot of people love him. You know, so it's going to annoy people, but I'm not a Shinsuke Nakamura fan. I, I've not watched one of his matches and thought, yeah, I really like this guy. I love him. I think he's I think he's got a great entrance. I think he's got this, I think he's got that. I, I, find, I find him just irritating, um, and I find his wrestling quite poor. So I'm not a fan of Shinsuke Nakamura. Rick Boogs, um, the, the name Boogs annoys me. It's very close, too, it's too close to bogey. Um, uh, so uh, it, it, without sounding too mature, Rick Bogey doesn't really do it for me uh, so the, the, the Boog's name just annoys me um, he's obviously taken over from Elias if he's coming down with the ring with a guitar he's the, he's the new guitar guy um, and he obviously he plays his guitar and whatnot. it's alright, it's an alright gimmick um, you know It's but it's just a mid-card He's not going to get above, lower mid card with that gimmick. Um, he seems, like you said, he seems to wrestle well. He looks good. Um, but it was just a simple tag match. And I think a lot of that was down to them probably cutting a fair bit of it out because Ulrich Books was fucked. So it was just a simple match with a simple ending. And uh, the result that you'd expect, really, I think, I can't really say any more than that. It was just, it was just you know... I think as they were getting going, old books he hurt himself. And that was it. I'm done. Just go home. Rug, get rolled up and get the fuck out of there.
0: Yeah, it was pretty simplistic. Um, I sort of tend to disagree with you a little bit with Shinsuke Nakamura. I agree in, in a sense that I don't always like his wrestling style. I think it's quite different, which... I think different is always good, but sometimes it's not always good. I know I've just contradicted myself there, but like different is is can be really, really good. But I think in his case, like different seems kind of not wrestling-y, he's that sort of strong style thing, but I'm not, I'm not sure if it really works, but the thing I like about Shinsuke Nakamura is more about his kind of charisma and his personality and his look and his entrance, like he has a great entrance song and I think he's just he just kind of oozes, like if he just did an entrance and came down and just did a few little bits, I'd, I'd be happy with that and then like the, the match is just just the match, like he <laughs> he could almost be like a really cool kind of like valet or manager but because he doesn't speak very good English he couldn't talk for them, but he could just be out there and kind of sing and dance and do his kind of little poses and, and shake around and, and, and just look really cool. And then I'd be happy if he didn't wrestle, which is really weird because
1: uh, yeah, getting well, Akamura's always had a lot of buzz about it just, him. It just looks like he's having a fucking epileptic seizure to me when it comes to the ring. And, and the <laughs> thing is, it's like, you know, he, I've seen some of his Japan matches and when he's allowed to do his strong style and kick people in the fucking head, the, you know, his stuff, his shit looks good. But unfortunately, he's come to the WWE and they've said, unfortunately, we don't allow, allow that here, mate. We have to wrestle fucking, you know, God knows how many times a year. You can't be kicking people in the fucking face. So he can't do his strong style stuff. And I think that that's really, really taken a huge amount of his game away. Um, His strong style kicks and all that sort of shit. That he was really known for and his strong style knees and all that sort of stuff. You know, he, he he was sort of like a look, look, bit of a, looks to me like a bit of a sort of precursor to Kenny Omega. He used to do a shitload of knees and kicks and all that stuff in Japan and try and fucking, you know, kick people's heads off their heads like, you know, kick people's heads off their shoulders like they were footballs. Because um, he he's not allowed to do that in WWE and, and he's, but he's still trying to do his kicks and all that shit, but they look weak. They just look weak because he's not allowed to obviously do them properly or well not properly he's just not allowed to kick people in the fucking head um which i think is a good thing I, if i'm wrestling someone i don't want them to kick me in the fucking head i want them to be a pro and and, and and be able to work it um but in in japan and wherever he was before he was in the wwe i'm sure he was a superstar because he does like you say that the, his entrance is, is different i don't like it but a lot of people do, and I can admit sometimes that maybe my my taste is is different to is, you know different to a lot of other people. So, but it's different, and I suppose in some ways it's cool. And he used to do that shit before he got to the WWE, so that would have got him noticed. His strong style, kicks and punches, and killing people would have got him noticed, and then it gets him to the WWE. And he, apart from his entrance, he can't do his in ring shit anymore, and it's just taken him just taken his his, his his spark away, I think. Um, and it's only ever gotten him to a certain level. And I think he's stuck at that level, unless he does something, unless he changes his gimmick up or does something totally different, he will just be a, a mid-card, lower mid-card guy. Um, and it shows in this match, I suppose it shows. It. But at least you got WrestleMania, at least you got WrestleMania paycheck. Feels feel horrible for, for Rick Boogs if he's hurt his knee um, because that's just shit, as you say. I've never, I've had bad knees, but I've never done, I don't know if I've ever done anything specific to my knee in a match, but I, ha- I have bad knees and just the ache of, of having bad knees sucks. you fucked your knees up, you know what it's like. You know, I, I, you know. we could always ask Craig, you know, Craig's fucked his knee up, was, was out of the game for, for nearly a year. You know, it knees are funny things and they're really fucking nasty when you have not you know, when you hurt them. And um yeah, good luck to Rick uh old Boogsy. Um old Boogie boy. And um you know, just I just hope it gets better soon and um yeah, just just wasn't quite wasn't quite a spectacular WrestleMania opener, but it was due to someone getting hurt, so you can't really can't really judge it on that. So I'll give the match, I'll give the match a uh, 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 two and a half stars. And um, yeah, and I'm assuming it would have got better if I, if I, if, Boogs, yeah, fucked this now up.
0: Yeah, all ratings will be out of fives. So I'll give this match a two out of five. Then we went into match number two. We had the Scottish Warrior Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin. Um, I quite like the package and the, the build to this story, uh, mainly because I had no idea why Happy Corbin was so happy. I didn't realize he'd had this whole like story arc of, you know, falling onto troubled times after being the king, King Baron Corbin, blah, 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 loses his. His crown, loses his money, starts to look like a homeless man's getting spit on in the streets, goes to Las Vegas and wins like a million dollars or whatever. I thought that was quite cool and I actually liked happy Corbin's character a little bit more because I sort of knew what was going on. But because they did that whole package thing, I thought that was going to factor into this match. Maybe there was going to have some sort of gimmick thing. They did a lot with the sword and Drew and bringing out the claymore and the sword and stuff like that. I thought, oh, maybe there's going to be some sort of gimmick around this match. Is it going to be, I don't know, like if Corbin loses, he has to give Drew a million dollars or if Drew loses, he has to give up the sword or something like that. But they just had a sort of a standard match any kind of match that you would see on raw smackdown they just kind of went out there and did a match uh they did a few of the the wrestlemania tropes where uh drew kicked out of the end of days which is apparently a finisher that nobody else kicks out of so that was meant to be a big thing to me it didn't seem like a big thing because everybody does that on wrestlemania it's like yeah it's a finishing maneuver you've got to kick out of it on wrestlemania but that's fine. I really like the ending where Drew is just like swinging his sword around, and then at one point he goes to like slash, uh, whether it's Happy Corbin or the the other guy Madcap Moss, and he just sliced the ropes in half. I was like, oh my god. That's really quite cool. I've never seen anything like that before. It made me think, is that sword really, really sharp? Or did they gimmick the ropes? I watched the replay again. It looked like he properly just chopped those ropes in half. He wouldn't be able to do that in a Fallen Star Wrestling ring because we have like the cable ones. But like, it was a good, clean chop. And he got through two of those ropes. And then immediately after I saw that, I was like, that is cool. But now we're going to have to wait like 15, 20 minutes for them to put new ropes on. So we're probably going to see about five hours worth of just adverts and packages and stuff like that. But for me, uh, I quite like the match. It was fine. Uh, two and a half stars out of five. Jimmy, uh, did you watch this I, one? I, you did, right? Unfortunately,
1: I had uh, uh, problems with my internet when this match was on and I never went back to revisit it. I saw the start like you did. Like I saw the package again, which was cool. I knew why happy Corbyn was happy i i i, I clocked out on, on the, another show so i knew he was he, he went to las vegas and and won a few quid um but yeah and and with i know obviously i know madcap mosses so un, unfortunately um i again my mind and that went a little bit dodgy during this and i could have gone back and revisited it but by the time I've watched WrestleMania, I thought, "Fucking, hell, I'm not going all the way back to the second match to see, you know, to to watch, you know, an eight minute just, you know, an eight minute heel baby." I'm sure it was good. I can imagine what it was. Eight minutes of heel and baby face work, like you said, a few kickouts out, a few big moves towards towards the end. I did see Drew chop the ropes. Um, probably, I don't know. I'm sure the I don't know if the ropes were gimmicked or not. It probably was. Um, I don't know what happened, um, but it looked cool. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's one of the, that's a, one of the sort of problems I've got with Drew coming to the ring as a, with a sword, it, um, you know, it's part of his entrance. It's cool and looks amazing, but you know, you could never use a sword as a weapon to, you know, his like, it, you know, all my it, it was, it, it was. Totally be suspending your disbelief when Triple H used to come out and hit people with a sledgehammer. But cutting someone with a sword, do you know what I mean? That's that's just never going to happen. So, you know, he's never going to fucking chop someone in half with a sword. Um, and, you know, you know, it's never going to be used as a weapon. But it makes for a really cool entrance. And I understand the whole Celtic fucking warrior thing. And, you know, he's pretending to be like a sort of Braveheart type character with the sword and all that sort of shit. I get it. And it looks cool. Um, uh, happy Corbin. Um, you know, I know it's different to direct, to wrestle in a Hawaiian shirt and you know white strides and whatnot. And that's fun, and you know, funny or whatever. But I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't particularly. I like. I don't mind the character. And I don't, I don't. I quite. I think it's quite funny the way he has got there, and it's definitely brought out a side of Corbin that he needed because um, he needed to work on his character when he started. He was very one-dimensional when he started, and now he can do pretty much anything in the ring. But I just think Happy Corbin is too much of a talent um, for them to waste. So I hope they don't let him go. But I hope they eventually just strip him of all this shit and give him a nice gimmick that he can really sink his teeth into and um, you know, and, and and go on to bigger things. Because I, I do actually quite like him, know a lot of people don't but I do actually quite like him. Um, and I think he'd be a really good ultra-Uber heel at some point if, if uh, WWE decided to change his gimmick and strap a rock up his ass. As for the match, I didn't see it, so I can't, I can't really comment on it, what looks good, what didn't. But those two have worked together a million times. I can just see it being a basic heel of baby um probably looking at w- the way things went with poor old rick boogs that probably should have been the opener um but uh, it wasn't it's, it, it's you know from what i read it was just uh it was just a solid solid eight minute match but yeah with, to get drew over really and uh cutting the cutting the ropes enough um looked cool and added a bit of a wrestlemania element to it so, um, so yeah, I can't say as I saw it, but I'll g- again. I'll give it another two and a half out of five stars, and just say that you know, I, 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 from from what I saw, what I heard, and the little clips and things that I have seen, it just looked like your standard match. It didn't look like anything special, uh, but cutting the ropes at the end sort of gave it a bit of a res- WrestleMania. Give it gave it a bit of a WrestleMania tinge.
0: Yeah, exactly. They're going to replay that, you know, a bunch of times. It's going to look like a cool visual. They're not really going to replay anything from the match because it was just a pretty standard match. The right person went over, Drew went over, and then we went into the next segment, which was the Mysterios, Ray and Dominic, the father and son team versus The Miz and his celebrity partner, which was revealed on SmackDown as Logan Paul. Um, Again, I don't know why The Miz is stuck with cele- celebrities to wrestle or to wrestle with. But if you're going to have a celebrity on the show, you're going to stick it with The Miz because you can't go wrong with The Miz. And obviously you've got Ray in there as well. And I'm sure having those two seasoned veterans in there just really helped, uh, really help the match along. Um, I think a lot of people will think that Logan Paul performed really, really well because he did some good moves. But you could tell he's not really a pro wrestler. Like he worked like a kind of a newbie. And you'll be able to talk upon this, Jimmy, like rushing things and and just being a bit too frantic with things. And you can almost sort of you can see into the Miz and and raise minds. Slow down, chill out, sell out relax, relax, because that's a lot of things, like, we've wrestled a lot of new guys and they just want to go out there and do a million things and, you know, soak up all this kind of adrenaline but they're just going too quickly and you could tell that was a little bit with, with Logan Paul. I do appreciate that he he looked like he'd been training and he looked like he'd been working a lot with the Miz and, and probably Ray Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio as well, like, he did a few really cool moves. He did a blockbuster off the second rope, looked really, really good, nice and smooth, nice and clean, good bump. Uh, he hit a really nice frog splash, which was cool. But yeah, he was kind of rushing a lot. But for a celebrity match, you you can't hold these guys up to the same sort of level of criticism as you can for like a Miz or a Mysterio or even a Dominic Mysterio who looked a little bit rushy at times as well. But, you know, you'll allow it. The Miz obviously is amazing. He's been amazing for a while. I don't know whether he you know, he polls for these kinds of matches, whether, you know, WWE just go, we need a celebrity, Uh, we'll find a random one and we'll put him with The Miz, but it just seems to work because The Miz's character works so well with celebrities and these kind of gimmick matches, he doesn't need a title because he's just so good and he can really get the most out of whatever. Um, I like that he turned on Logan Paul at the end after they won the match, I just thought that was really cool because I don't really like Logan Paul as a character or as a person, so I was like, yes, Miz, F him up, hit him with a skull crushing finale, which he didn't sell at the end which i was really really pissed off about but uh you know outside the ring i hate logan paul but i really did like his little um his gold necklace with the pokemon card in it but i thought that was a really really cool and different flex for this uh for this entrance i would give this match 2.5 stars out of five because there's a few elements i quite liked
1: jimmy yeah i didn't mind this match at all i have no fucking idea who logan paul is can you just give me a little bit of a, of a, I don't know, do you know who Logan Ball is? Can you give me a bit of a, can you give me a bit of a synopsis as of who the man is?
0: So I think when he was younger, he's part of like one of those like Disney kids clubs. So I think he grew up as a kid Disney actor. Then he transitioned into being basically a YouTuber, YouTube influencer. He got in a bit of trouble because he, he got a quite a famous video where he went into the, um, you know those forests in Japan where people kill themselves he went in there and filmed around there he got a bit of notoriety in that He's done a few other things, and I think he was the one that had the celebrity boxing match with Mayweather. It was either him or his brother, but they're the Paul brothers. They're really famous on YouTube and sort of slightly in the in the sort of celebrity sphere. But I, I think a lot of younger people were known from from YouTube and his his kind of um, fights he's done in boxing as well. But he's
1: probably more famous in America than he is over here, as fair to say. Maybe.
0: Most definitely,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't know who the fuck he was anyway. So, you know, it, I knew it was obviously a celebrity just I just didn't know who the fuck he was from 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 my end um yeah that, I think you're right I think they put these guys these celebrities with the Miz because they know that obviously the Miz is amazing and if anything goes wrong the Miz can come in and cover it um on the other side obviously you're right you had Rey Mysterio who could come in and, and cover any mistakes too um the match was obviously rehearsed from start to finish um because because matches like that have to be. Um, If you've got a celebrity in there, you're going to have to rehearse everything from start to finish because you don't want to miss a beat. The match had a surprising amount of time as well, I thought. I thought they gave the match some good time, which I thought might hurt the match, actually, but it didn't. Um, I I thought Logan Paul did very well um, as his first time. You're right, as, as a coach and as someone who's been doing it a long time, I saw things that that you know inexperienced people would do, and I could literally hear them. Is say slow down, stop, tag me, all that sort of shit. I could hear a few little, you know, h- few little hints going his way and stuff like that. And are you ready and all that sort of shit, which someone would say to their tag team partner, but also he was giving giving Logan Paul directions as to what to do and when to do it um Logan Paul obviously is an athlete um he can do cool like you say he can do cool he took all his moves really well I don't think he botched anything really majorly I think it was Dominic Mysterio who botched stuff I've got I do have a problem with Dominic Mysterio though I just I just think facially he doesn't look like he belongs there. He looks like he he looks like he should be in an, in an exam hall somewhere doing his fucking, doing his whatever their equivalent is to the fucking GCSEs. He he, he just looks he just doesn't look like a, a man. He looks like he's got a little boy's face on a on a big man's body. And I know he's Rey Mysterio's son. Put a fucking mask on him. Until he look actually looks like a fucking man. Like, put a fucking mask on him. He looks like the sort of bloke who couldn't grow a beard. Do you know what I mean? And, and that's coming from someone like me who couldn't grow a beard until I was nearly <laughs> fucking thirty anyway. He looks like the, so he's got like a sort of face like, yeah, you couldn't grow a beard, it'll be a bum fluff type thing going on. Um, I can see that he's got a bit of athletic talent, but he's just nowhere near his dad. And once that tag team split up and they do a little feud... I can't see them doing anything with Dominic Mysterio. He just, he looks confused. His face, he looks confused. He, he looked more confused than Logan Paul did in there. At least Logan Paul, when he was like sort of asked to show out or it was his t- time to show out, he he wound the crowd up and, you know, he he looked like an arrogant toss bot. Dominic Mysterio just stands there next to his dad and, and gets pops because of his dad. And um, I, 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 I've always had a problem with Dominic Mysterio, with and I thought it would he would get better as he went along. I thought he, he might actually fucking turn into a. I know he can't. I know he can't help having a big fucking giant baby face. Like I don't, know, I don't mean baby faces in the wrestling term baby face. He has a baby face. He's a, He's got a baby's head on his body. And he had a fucking weird mullet <laughs> going on as well, which just made him look like even more of a cunt. Excuse my friend. He just, I, <laughs> I just don't like Dominic Mysterio. Um, <laughs> and I, but I love Rey Mysterio. He's still so dynamic and he still did some really cool shit. And he's still, when he flies, he flies with such grace. And he's so smooth when he's in there. There's fucking no one like Rey Mysterio. He's the best flyer that has ever there's ever been that's ever that has ever been in the wrestling ring. He's so fucking gracious. It's amazing to me. And I, I actually enjoyed this match. I thought the Miz was on form. I thought Rey Mysterio was on form. I thought Dominic did it was there. He did his bit, he was another body. And I thought Logan Paul did very well like as a as a celebrity who doesn't belong in that ring really. Um, you know, it's his first ever match you can tell it was planned to fuck. You can tell that Logan Paul was guided, but he did really well. He didn't, you know, he didn't fuck up so much. And, you know, again, I don't know who Logan Paul is from Adam, but obviously a lot of these guys did in the crowd and that he he, he did some good heel stuff. Um, Miz turning on him at the end. I don't know if that's another sign that Logan Paul's hanging around for a bit, and Miz is going to get a match out of him. I don't know, but I still thought it was, I still thought it was okay, and 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 you know, it was fun and fast-paced, and you know, had 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 some had some psychology to it. You know, it, it was you know, it, it was cool. It was fine. I, I didn't mind it. I, I I would give it a three-star match, and and I would say Logan Paul's performance. For a first ever match, was um, excellent, um, and what what he needed to do, he did he did very well. Could I tell he was new? Of course, I could, because he was, and that's as simple as that. And the match uh, didn't really suffer from it. Dominic Mysterio needs to fucking go home, and uh, and and wrestle for some indie promotions, and then come back when he looks like he's been a bit more beaten up because at the moment he just, he looks like a fucking, looks like a, a, a tall man with an apple for a face. And um, I just can't look at him, um, unfortunately. So it, it's, it's, it's uh, yeah, Dominic Mysterio does not do it for me. But the match as a whole was was cool. It was fine. And the use of the celebrity was really well done. And um, he 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 didn't do quite as much for me as last year's celebrity, the one that was tagged with what was his name? Uh, Bad Bunny. Tiny. Bad Bunny, that was it. I thought Bad Bunny had, had, did a, was was the, probably still one of my favourite celebrities in the ring. He, but he did pretty well, you know. He looked better than Bad Bunny, and he you know he uh, he did some good shit, and he looked in shape. So he turned up ready and he listened and he did what he was told. And you can't ask him on that. So, yeah, three stars out of five.
0: I think the thing with Dominic Mysterio is it's odd because his father is – so muscular and small that you just assume that the son is going to take after his father. But he's sort of almost the opposite, isn't he? He's kind of tall, lanky, like skinny fat and has like zero tan and this weird mullet type thing. And it's like it, it's so weird just seeing them together because you, you you could put them in a lineup and you'd be like, I don't know. Well, obviously, we don't know what Rave Mysterious face is like. Well, we've seen it in WCW, but that's a long time ago. But yeah, like. I'm sure they do look alike when you take the masks off, but like they just look like polar opposites because Ray is this kind of like muscular unit that can fly around the ring, and, <laughs> and Dominic Mysterio sort of looks like three children on on each other's shoulders because he's got that sort of super baby face, you know, three children in a trench coat type thing, and it just it just it just looked really weird. I was just like, man, just put some fake tan on. And it's like. And if he wasn't Rey Mysterio's son, like I'm sure he would have got his ass chewed out, like gorilla position, by anyone—Triple H, Vince McMahon, any of the any of the sort of people putting the match together. Just being like, "What the hell do you look like? What's this haircut like? What what are you wearing? Like, put a tan on, like get get some <laughs> get some get some muscles and stuff." But I'm sure as he's standing there next to Rey Mysterio, who's an absolute you know wrestling legend, I'm sure they do give him a little bit of a pass. But I thought some of the stuff that Dominic did was quite good. Like he did some really, really cool high flying stuff, like nothing on his father, but like he, he was there and he was part of the match and, and and it was fine. And yeah, like you said, with the whole celebrity thing, I think back to celebrities past. And when I say past, I think back in, you know, sort of two thousands and nineties and things. And I think of like when Jay Leno had a match in WCW and they had a bunch of basketball players like Dennis Rodman and that other guy that was teaming with DDP and like, they were awful. They could not work. They just got a bit of a tag, did some really awkward clotheslines, and then hit the, the the person's finisher who they were tagging with. Like, that was bad celebrity wrestling. Like, when you compare that to Bad Bunny and Logan Paul, and these, are, these guys are doing, like, blockbusters and vertical suplex and running power slams, and Bad Bunny was doing, you know... Uh, cross bodies off the top and Canadian destroyers and big swing DDTs. Like these guys are actually doing really cool dynamic wrestling moves. Whereas like Jay Leno came in and ran and put his arm out and that was just awful celebrity wrestling. But I'm sure they drew 10 times the amount of, (laughs) of buys than, than Logan Paul did because Back in the day, they were probably like massive giant super celebrities, whereas Logan Paul is is a YouTuber and stuff like that. But obviously still well known, much more well known than me, but that's the way it is. That's wrestling now, isn't it? Everything's on such a smaller scale because that's the way the business has been designed, it seems to me.
1: Yeah, and also, you know, they had quite a few celebrities wrestling on this uh, this show, really, More, more than normal so you know yeah i, I think you're right I, I, you know in terms of the you know he, he isn't i i know who jay leno is you know i know who dennis robin is i you know i know who a lot of these fucking guys were back in the day that they brought in um you know because they were extremely famous human beings so they didn't really need to to practice or do a lot they just needed to show up to get the you know, and, and the fans were were already had already bought the pay per view. But now it's not down to pay-per-view buy rates and things like that. It's you know, it's 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 about sponsors and Peacock and all that sort of stuff and whatnot. And, you know, get 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 you know, get money in through 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 other businesses and other means. Um, you know, it's probably handier for them to have a YouTuber on a huge YouTuber. So YouTube might show a bit more interest in sponsoring WWE. I don't know. You know, I don't know how it works these days. I don't know how the business structure or the business side of it works. But I don't know the, what the point was of having Logan Paul on, but he did very well. So, you know, fair play to that. Jimmy, do you like playing games? Well, of course. I like playing all sorts of games. I like playing games outside. I like board games and... Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of playing games.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm pleased to present to you our latest podcast sponsor. Now, let me set the stage for you. You're 14 years old and you're a birthday party and there's a girl there you like, right? One you'd really like to lay a big, fat smacker of a kiss on. Well, how would you go about it? Well, maybe you see if everyone wants to play a game of Spin the Bottle or even Truth or Dare, remember that? Well... You either have to answer something really embarrassing about yourself, or you have to do a dare, which could be even more embarrassing, and, you know, at age 14, who wants to undergo that level of looking like a doofus? Well, do not worry, with this new game from our partners over at Zoo Image Gaming Incorporated, you will never feel silly or stupid ever again. It's a simple card game where you, the owner of the game, are in control. You shuffle the cards and hand them out one by one to your friends around the table, and then you, as the games master, step inside the steel cage. Then you go around the table and each person flips over their card. If the card says truth, They have to answer the preloaded question. It could be something like, what color pants do you have on? Or who do you have a crush on? Then they get to step in the cage with you if they answer truthfully. Then one by one by one by one until somebody turns over the bear card. Yep, you heard me correctly. The bear card. When the card is flipped over, they have 20 seconds to outrun a giant, hungry, salivating brown grizzly bear. And if they don't make it into that cage, they lose the game. Simple as. The game is called Truth or Bear, and they're sponsoring today's episode. So thanks to Zoo Image Gaming Incorporated for bringing us Truth or Bear. Next up, we have the Raw Women's Championship match. We have the champion, Becky Lynch, uh, Big Time Bex, versus the challenger, Bianca Belair. Now, uh, Jim, I'll let you uh, guide this one through. What do you think to this match, mate?
1: Um, I love uh, Big Time Bex's new haircut. I thought she looked great. Um, I've, I've always thought she was hot, Ashley. I think I met her once um, years ago. I'm sure I did. I either met her or... Um, the other girl who was uh, um, who you don't see much of anymore, Bailey. I've, I've met one of those two. Anyway, I, um, yeah, she. I thought she looked really good. Um, I like a new haircut. I like a new hair st- hairstyle. Loved her entrance. Thought it was great. This this seemed like the first proper WrestleMania match um, where they were putting where they were putting the bells and whistles on everything. So when Becky Lynch, got, Lynch came in in that big posh Range Rover and the and they had the you know the, the chauffeur letting her out and all that shit you know that that was that was cool um, you know and she's got her character down to her too now um, again I still think she overplays it sometimes a little bit but still you know once the match gets going that's that's normally fine um, so she had an awesome entrance and you know which which was you know befitting of a WrestleMania. Um, and same as, you know, Bianca Belair. I think that was where they had the fucking uh, Bonzo Dog Doodah band come out with the fucking hornpipes and all that shit. I don't know the fuck those guys were. Some Dallas, um, what do you call it? Some, some kind of Dallas, some like, college marching, marching band, band or some something. Thing. Yeah, they sounded terrible. They sounded, In my view, they sounded fucking like they weren't. I I, mean, I, I, I didn't even realise what they were fucking playing. They, they looked enthusiastic about it, though. Uh, with their dancers and every, everything else, everyone looked enthusiastic, so I went along with it. And um, yeah, so Bianca Belair came out to those guys. That was a cold entrance. Um, you know, the, the, I think the whole story with with this sort of with this feud is obviously Big side Bex. You know, is 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 you know the best. She thinks she's the best. She knows she's the best. Um, and Bianca Belair. Is even though she's total white meat baby face, she's got the confidence to realise that as you know she she's better and she can and she can do it. You know she can she can she can beat big time Bex and she thinks that she was screwed out of of, of her belt which last WrestleMania it, it sort of seemed like it was. So it was a nice little sort of year long story that you had there from the last WrestleMania really, and they very rarely do that these sort of long storyboards, and I, and I know that you know Becky Lynch has wrestled a lot of people in between she had to defend the title um but i don't think she's lost her title since WrestleMania has she uh, she
0: won it at Summerslam, wasn't it? Summerslam. She came out as a really big surprise, beat uh, Bianca a, yeah, in like yeah, ten seconds, a, yeah. and then has held on to the belt ever since. Yeah, but she's been running through other women. She did like Lita, Do Drop. Um, I think she, yeah, she she's beaten quite a few other girls. So yeah, it, it made her kind of run to WrestleMania kind of seem like something. And obviously with the babyface chasing Becky, like I, I I like the story going into it. And it's it's nice to see long term booking from WWE. I'm sh- I'm sure. Well, I'd, I'd like to think that in, when the, when they brought her back for SummerSlam and made her win the title, hopefully they were like, right, okay, yeah, Bianca's going to win it back later on down the line, but we're we're going to make her work for it, and it was it was good, and it was better for it, right? Yeah,
1: much better. Yeah, like I, like I say, long-term booking always always works, you know, especially when you've got some big-time stakes involved, like you know, like 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 a, you know, the, the women's title and all that sort of stuff um yeah long-term booking always works because you can you take your time with it man you can build it up you can build up stories you can build up the heel as the heel you can build up the baby face as a baby face um you know it, it's hard to do right um, especially when you've got you know 15 tv shows on a week that you have to be on and and you know you're constantly trying to think of new creative ways for Becky Lynch to keep that title, but you know, I think they did well. Um go, go into the match, I mean, it was it was probably the 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 best match, definitely up until that point of the show. Um, and it was one of the better matches of the night. I thought that they they both worked so hard to try and put on a, a WrestleMania classic. Um, and they very nearly managed it. It was uh, you know I, they 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 and they did they did manage to put on an amazing match. Don't get me wrong, um, is it one that will be remembered forevermore? I don't think so. But was it a great effort by both women um, to really try and put on an amazing match? Yeah, it was. Um, you know they worked so hard. You could tell that they really didn't want to have any gaps in their work. They were solid. Um, the match built up. Um, there's quite a lot of kickouts and things at the end, which is a WrestleMania staple, um, kicking out of big moves and kicking out of finishes and shit like that. So, you know, that part was what it was for me. Um, you know, I just have to accept that that's what they do at WrestleMania. And to be honest with you, that's what they do on most shows nowadays. Um, a finisher isn't really a finisher. But it was a really beautiful match with a really good story um and two girls who really wrestled their heart out to try and put on a wrestlemania classic and up until that point um you know it, it was the match of the night bianca Belair going over um was the right result um she she what she has worked very hard she is amazing for how long she's been doing it for. And she's now got it. Like, you can tell she's got it. She knows her character. She knows what to do. She knows how to, you know, pull off those facials in the ring. She knows how to get sympathy. And for the first time, seeing her wrestle uh, in that match, I did, I've did. i never, ever seen her as a heel ever in my entire fucking life. I just don't see it. Just think that she's too too much too white meat, and I'm not saying change her as a heel, but there were certain ways she wrestled and certain things she did in that match, which were cool. Um, but I thought actually you have got the intensity to be a heel. You could do it if they gave you um, you know the right swerve on Orton the right twist rather on your character. You could be, you could be a heel. You could do it all now. I just got the impression with Bianca Belair that on that night she became a complete wrestler. And you know, Becky Lynch is superb. She knows exactly what she's doing. And yeah, they just worked so fucking hard. You know, I can't, can't, I can't knock it. Um, I, I, there were a few just little bits I, I didn't like. I, I don't like all the the, the kicking out constantly. Um, I think you could have done with being a couple of minutes shorter um, just, just for the flow of the match. Um, and, you know, I, 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 there was just a few tiny little things in there that just stopped it from being a classic. And I, I just don't, like I said, it's a great match and they tried their hardest. I just don't think it will be remembered, um, which is a shame. Uh, it might be remembered for a couple of months, but it won't be remembered like, a you know, some WrestleMania matches are. So, you know, and that's probably down to them being women, unfortunately. And that's an unfortunate thing to say. But I would give it a four and a half stars out, out of five. I really thought it was a hugely impressive match. Really did. First match that felt like a WrestleMania match.
0: I can't really disagree with you on any of those points, Jim. Yeah, when you were running through that, that's pretty much how my notes were laid out. I really liked Bianca's entrance. I think I liked her entrance a little bit more than you. I kind of got with the rhythm of the marching band. I thought it was really, really cool. I didn't know what they were playing at the beginning, but then I'm not really super familiar with Bianca Belair's music, but when it kind of kicked in and then she kind of came down and then they were playing along with her music, I just thought it added that extra little bit of thing to her and it made it feel like a real WrestleMania moment. I wasn't hot on Becky's one but I don't think you have to have a super exuberant thing for a heel like she came out it was pretty simplistic you know she's a big star she came out people opened the door for her why wouldn't she she's got the glasses on I really liked her hair as well I thought it was really really cool quite quite like the makeup I thought her whole ensemble was really really good um and yeah, it was just cool to just have these WrestleMania moments, these WrestleMania entrances. And like you said, these guys, these girls absolutely busted their asses for this match. They put a lot into it. And maybe, in my opinion, that was a little bit to the detriment of the match because there was so much in it. They were just like, go, 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 go. They were given, I don't know how long the match was, 20 minutes, half an hour, whatever. But they stuffed in so much stuff into this match. And like you would, you've got this opportunity on the grandest stage of them all, the most... Stu- pender show in the world you're going to go out there and you're going to try your absolute hardest like I don't think they could have done any more in the match and it was nice for them to get in the ring and for it to feel like a big fight feel like you're doing the entrances and they're looking at each other and they didn't just go straight into the match they looked each other up and down and Becky's got this snarl on her face and you know Bianca looks like she wants to go in there and win this match and just do everybody proud she's this massive baby face and it just had this one moment where they just took a second and I just thought yeah yes, this is WrestleMania. This kind of reminded me of those big main event matches where you've got like The Undertaker and Triple H in the middle of the ring and they just kind of look at each other knowing what's going to happen, knowing that they're going to absolutely tear the the living shit out of each other. And these girls just did that thinking, right, this is the moment. This is the calm before the storm. We're going to look at each other, you know, in a wrestler to wrestler kind of way and just be like, right, we, we, we have to do this we have to pull this out of the bag because you know we need to do this for ourselves we need to do this for this you know eight month story we've got going along we need to do this for women out there and we need to do it just so we need to kick this show off and I think they really 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 did I love the match I thought it was great I thought it was good that they played upon Becky's finisher with the with the disarmer and the uh, you know the, the rock bottom the manhandle slam because that played a part of the story. And that's what I like to see. They built it up. It was what happened at SummerSlam. She came in, one manhandle slam, one, two, three, she wins the belt. You know, she had to do it a few times on Bianca who just kept kicking out. She did it on the outside on the steps. Boom. She got back into the ring. She did it again. She pinned her one, two, she kicks out and everybody's going, I think she can actually do it. And it only took one of, um, Bianca Belair's, you know, kiss of death, boom, uh, I don't know what you'd describe the move, where she puts her on the shoulder in the torture rack and then slammed down one, two, three.
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And the crowd went absolutely wild. It was definitely the right victory. They put it in the exact right place. Was there too much going on? Yes. Did I enjoy the match and love the result? Hell yes. Four out of five stars. I really enjoyed this match. And this started to feel like a proper WrestleMania now. And then they went on to the next segment. You ready to talk about the next bit?
1: Yeah, guy.
0: So the next segment was was also really good as well. There was a little bit too much build up again with the adverts and stuff, but I needed this next package to be aware of what's going on. Now I sort of follow social media and wrestling kind of lightly and very loosely. I've got a couple of guys at work that I talk to about wrestling and the whole thing was about Seth Rollins and who his mystery opponent is going to be. And I quite like the package although I'm not massive on Seth Rollins weird kind of unhinged laughing maniacal character. I don't know if it works because he's sort of half babyface, half heel, but that that's that's an aside. Like he's trying to get into WrestleMania. Like every you know, wrestler would want to do. He's doing tag matches trying to get in the tag division. He's doing other matches trying to just just get on the WrestleMania show, which you would do. And then boom, he doesn't. He gets a text from Vince McMahon. Vince says, Come see me in my office. He thinks he's gonna get fired. And then Vince says, No. Uh, you're Seth Rollins, you know, you're a Grand Slam champion. You've you've done everything you you can do in the business. You are going to be on WrestleMania, but it's going to be a, a hand-picked opponent. And unfortunately, due to wrestling, social media and the internet, nothing can be kept a secret. So I sort of pretty much knew, 99.9% knew that who his mystery opponent was going to be, and I hoped that they wouldn't ruin it but they did not ruin it. This was a massive return for Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes was Seth Rollins' mystery opponent. And I thought they, tret him really, really well. They gave him a really good entrance. They treated it like a really big high profile match. The introduction was done right and I was just hoping throughout this entire match that they were going to treat him seriously. They were going to take him and make him into a superstar that he can be, that he's made himself on the Japan scene and of course in AEW and I think that WWE actually did the right thing. They put Cody over clean. They did a few homages to the, to the Rhodes family. They didn't bury him. They gave him a good entrance. They made him look like a star. They made him feel like a star. They gave him that really, really cool entrance, good theme, nice graphics and all that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, I was into this match and I thought these guys, again, like the match before, they put on a WrestleMania type match. Again, did they do too many finishes and kick out of too many finishes of course they did but because that's that's the way these guys wrestle and that's the way that wrestling is these days where you have to go out there and you have to throw everything and the kitchen sink at a match because it is the most stupendous show in the world i thought this match was great and i'll give it a four out of five stars do you mean
1: yeah stupendous is the word i mean they i i You know, I I knew it was going to be Cody Rhodes too, you know, like you 99.9% sure, you know, there's no secrets in wrestling anymore, especially if you take a little bit of an interest and have a little bit of a read on on the dirt sheets online or whatever, you you, you pretty much know what's coming. So I knew, as you did, it was going to be Cody Rhodes facing Seth Rollins. Um, Going back just a touch. Seth Rollins' character, yeah, is uh, the like you say, the maniacal sort of lunatic. Doesn't really care, you know. Like you know, he's he, he's just I don't know. Really, what his character is, I can't really describe it. It's just, it's, yeah, it's just like a fucking lunatic. But um, it, it, I I did. Seth Rollins' gear looked like he was wearing his fucking old auntie's curtains. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? It, 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 I love it. Like it was.
0: He looked like, it looked like he'd,
1: he'd fucking been in one of those lost and found boxes. A little lacy number, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, I made, I made his gear out of yeah an old fucking tutu or something. It looked it looked weird. Well, he looked cool. It looked good when he had his like when he was in the ring and he had his shirt off. But coming down to the ring, yeah, it just looked like he'd, he'd nipped down the charity shop and fucking sewed himself up yeah. <laughs> and said the lady backstage, the WWE lady backstage, can you just make some gear out of this? I just bought this stuff for for, for three pounds fifty down the local fucking RSPCA fucking stock shop, you know. So, you know, there was it that was that was fun. Um, and yeah, it's, like you say, he's just a touch too maniacal, but you know, whatever. The the crowd are on board with it. Seth Rollins looks like he's having fun, which is the main thing. Um, and he's a star. There's no way you can deny that. And this is the one down thing, down play thing I'm going to mention about this match, which, which, uh, and if you look, if you look carefully, you can see it. And um, it was the fact that Cody Rhodes looked nervous throughout the whole match. Like when he came down to the ring, you know, he was doing a lot of, you know, yes and geeing up. But he's been resting on the NDC now for a long time, and that WWE style is is a little bit different. And this is what I mean by the WWE style: they don't really show out that much. They don't really interact with the crowd that much. They they the WWE want want the crowd to be with the match through the storytelling that they've told on their TV. They don't, you know, they don't really do much fucking cheap stuff and clapping and all that. what do you call it? You know like we do on our shows because no one fucking knows who we are if we go somewhere else so we have to you know we have to try and get the crowd to be on our side they've got tv uh, and a lot of it and if people watch it you know they they know who the characters are and who their favorites are and so they can cheer and boo you know accordingly but i thought cody rhodes in the ring especially looked nervous his face he looked a little bit lost um but I can understand why he's coming back to the WWE after basically taking over the world of professional wrestling, starting a fucking rival company, then um, leaving that rival company. Like you said, he did a lot in Japan. He's made a huge name for himself. Um, you know, he's 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 a completely different wrestler to what he was when he left. Um, his entrance was cool. He came back, but when he got in the ring, he just looked a little bit nervous. He looked like he was concentrating. And I picked up on that a touch, but no one, I might be wrong because all the ratings for this match were through the roof. Everyone loved it, as did I. I thought it was a great match. I thought they did some really cool stuff. I love that fucking reverse suplex, top superplex. They did off the top rope. Into the um, in, into that sort of reverse DDT slam thing, I thought that was a really cool spot. I thought they did some amazing stuff. Again, a little bit too much, I, maybe a tad too long, but this is WrestleMania, and, and WrestleMania is about excess, so you sort of go with it and just think, right, let's look at this as a as as a non-pay-per-view. We're in WrestleMania mode now. These guys are trying to bust it out so that they have a match that people remember. Um, and I think people will remember this one. And hopefully, like you say, they did the right thing. They gave Cody a clean victory over Seth Rollins, who is a WWE mainstay. Now, let's just hope that's not WrestleMania favor and they Maybe bury him as time goes on because WWE have a habit of that. Um, hopefully they won't do it because I would imagine for Cody Rhodes to come back to the WWE, there's been quite a lot of conversation. There's been quite a lot of investment, and WWE will probably hopefully will hold on to their promise and make Cody Rhodes a star because I do believe he is a star. Like he 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 knows the game. Not only is he a very good wrestler um and he looks like a wrestler um you know he's got a re- an extremely good business mind um you know he's got a great argument I'm, I'm sure he can put an amazing match together and if he had anything to do with this match with Seth Rollins, there's proof that he can put a great match together seth Rollins was awesome once the bell rang um and you know he he, he treated the match seriously it, it reminded, and and to be honest, with you, I, I it was one of my favourite matches of the night because even though they did um, a few flips and dazzles and do it was mainly sort of like old school wrestling with uh, some old school story storytelling, and I liked that. Um, it had it had a nice story to follow, and they built it up, and they built it up, and they built it up, and they built it up to in the end, you know, fucking Cody Rhodes did his. You know he did a couple of crossroads and then he did a little homage to his father like you said and then he finished him off at the last crossroads it was it was good and the cody cutter and all that shit it was good it was great there was some great moves well placed good storytelling um you know really good wrestling but just look at cody rhodes face just look at his face throughout the match that's all i'm saying at his face and then look at seth Rollins' face and i know seth Rollins is a total different character um but you know wwe like big and cody rhodes hasn't been doing big 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 because he's been wrestling in AEW and doing what he wants and now he's going to be get get, uh, getting told what to do and i just think that it, it was it was the sort of thing that baron corbin used to do his face was just blank but I think that was just the the occasion got to him, and I don't blame him because the occasion would get to me. I would shit my pants too. Um, but it was it was it was cool. I I I, I liked it. Um, I like the fact now that Cody Rhodes is in the WWE. I don't you know fuck people saying oh he fucking went off and built a new company and said he was going to do this and said he was going to do that, and now he's back in WWE. Well, he did do what he said he was going to do. He left the fucking company. He became a hero, fucking wrestler all over the world. He did build a new company that's now absolutely thriving. That he he he, he was one of the ones who was instrumental in starting it. He did everything he said he was going to do. He didn't enjoy what he was doing in AEW anymore, so he went back to the WWE. You know, pe- people are too quick to judge. You know, fuck you, basically. You know what I mean? Like he he's a master of his own future and his own destiny. I think he he he's he did the right thing by going back to the WWE and hope and that match proved it. It was fucking good. It was great, and he belongs there. Um, and I reckon he's getting a few quid for being there and all. So good for Cody. Good for Seth. WrestleMania match, and yeah, just very very good. Great stories to Tell him. What
0: would you rate the match, Jim?
1: Oh, sorry. Um, probably a four four out of five stars, same as you.
0: Yeah, it was wicked. Then we followed that up with the SmackDown Women's Championship match. We had Charlotte Flair, the champion, versus the Women's 2022 Royal Rumble winner, Ronda Rousey. And again, two massive stars in the ring. The match had a big fight feel, and it didn't disappoint. I quite liked sort of Ronda's new sort of direction. She had quite a different way of working in the ring that I'd seen her previously. Like, she used to do uh, sort of, I don't know, she she had this weird style, but it seems like she's throwing in quite a few like MMA or like judo throws and moves in there as like transitional moves. I mean, granted they didn't always look great. She was doing a lot of like shoulder throws and things like that, which sometimes looked a bit sort of rough and and tough and sandbaggy. But if she's going to kind of, Push this MMA judoey type of gimmick. I think it could work with a little bit more work. Like I don't know how much they rehearsed this. Whether you know Charlotte had a lot to do with this match, but some of it it felt a little bit kind of sloppy. But there's no denying that Charlotte is the undisputed best female worker in the WWE right now. She's probably not the best wrestler because she even looked sort of sloppy and was rushing at times. But she's got the look. She looks like a star. She treats everything like it's the big match in her life. She she knows how to to portray herself on the you know in front of the cameras and stuff. Her mannerisms and her charisma are just just down to a T. She an absolute star. I was very surprised that she went over actually. I thought they're going to do the whole kind of comeback story with Ronda winning the Rumble and then winning the title but I guess maybe they're going to play that whole thing of like maybe Ronda has to start from the bottom again. Maybe they're going to start to build her up. If she's going to stick around, this is going to be her fight to get to Charlotte again. If they keep Char- if they keep the title on Charlotte for a good couple of months, whether this is a build up to SummerSlam or the next like massive event, whatever that's going to be and ronda rousey just runs roughshod through the women's division on her way to face charlotte again you know really honing these mma judo frozen flips and you know these kind of new moves that she's doing if if she can get it to the to the sort of the capability when kurt angle first came in he he put that kind of collegiate olympic wrestling into his into his arsenal but he made it look crisp and smart, and smooth, and nice, whereas this was just a little rough around the edge. I liked the match, although it was on sort of the, the sloppier side for me, but I'll give it a three out of five stars because these two are sort of stars in the ring. Um, your thoughts,
1: Jim? Well, you know, mate, <clears throat> I don't mind scrappy sometimes. I like I like something that looks like a fight, and obviously they just had to follow Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair, which was as a... Uh, Extremely, you know, that was a pro wrestling match and it was done extremely well and extremely smoothly. So they had to do something different. And, you know, with Ronda Rousey, you've got her there, um you're constantly explaining that she was in the UFC, she's a badass, she's a fighter. So, you know, all the judo throws and all the cool little arm drags and all those bits and bobs, I like them. And even if they do look a bit sloppy, those moves are sort of designed to look a bit sloppy, and even though maybe maybe they weren't meant to on that match, maybe you know um, Charlotte wanted to take him like a trooper, and you know, and and fucking wanted it to look perfect, and it and it didn't for for whatever reason, because Ronda Rousey is 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 experienced. Um, you know, it, 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 to me, sometimes that makes a match look more like a fight which makes it look a little bit better. And this match was a very, uh, very aggressive match. Charlotte is great at that aggressiveness. Um, Ronda Rousey, I, I, since her return, I don't think the WWE have treated her particularly well. And I don't think she looks like she's had a heart in it. Um, you know, even when she's been in the ring, I, I, just, I just haven't been impressed with her since she's come back. This story, I haven't been particularly impressed with the story. Ronda Rousey's not particularly good on the mic. She's just she's just come back and she's just lost her edge, Ronda Rousey, from the first time she came back. And she's meant to be this badass fucking lunatic fighting machine and coming down the ring and waving and smiling, which I know she's been told to do by Vince McMahon. Because, well, I don't know for a fact, but I've heard of many, many podcasts. I read many, many times, you know, don't come out looking so stern. Smile, wave at the fans. You're a good guy. Do you know what I mean? But she is, even though she might be a good guy, she's still a fucking badass. So, you know, it's hard for, I think it's, I think it's hard for all that waving and smiling and then suddenly to turn into turn into this killing machine. Um, I just don't think she's really known what to do. So this run for Ronda Rousey up until this match, I've been quite unimpressed with it. I was very impressed with this match. Um, I liked, as I said, Charlotte Flair, you know, she is the fucking, she, as a female professional wrestler, she is just the, you know, she looks like a star. She looks like a dad, you know, she carried with the robes and the waist, even though she's got the weirdest augmented body I've ever seen. She still looks like an absolute star. She carries herself with grace and poise, and she fucking when she's in there, she fucking lays her shit in, and she the, the facials and the noise and the vocals, and that's what I say to my trainees. You know, you've got to project, and she's got that. She's got that side of the business down to an art. I don't think there's anyone really better than her at that. Um, any woman and to put ronda rousey on with her is a good idea because you know charlotte flair has has been around for a long time and she's won the title fucking i was amazed as they said like 12 13 times or something the the woman's title. She, she she so she's extremely experienced she's extremely ex- experienced at wrestlemania i know ronda rousey's done a couple of wrestlemanias too but still you know, it, it, the the occasion might might best you sometimes, um, but yeah, it was it was a good match. It, uh, was it as good as the female match before? To a wrestling fan, um, you know, your standard wrestling fan, probably not. To me, I liked it because it looked like a fight, and Ryan Rousey, actually she looked like an arse and you know i don't think it hurt her losing that match i personally think the reason she lost that match was yeah i think it was a bit of a test to see whether she would lose a match and not whinge and also you know backstage like you know i'm fucking ronda rousey type thing and also you know she's beaten those girls before returning the favor type thing but also going along with the storyline i don't think it hurt ronda rousey at all and I think that um, yeah, I think that there's more of a story to be told. Um, and it was it, for me, it was a great match. I would put it up there with the with the Becky Lynch match for me, just in terms of my enjoyment, because I do like to see a fucking good fight, and that was a fucking good fight. So I, I would I would give that a sort of four, four, four and a half stars, maybe uh, out, out of five. Um, you got ronda rousey there man and she's fucking you know it looks like she's fucking when when she looks like she's kicking ass she's got such intensity there and you've got charlotte selling brilliantly and then when charlotte goes in there and fights she looks like she's believable looks like she could actually beat ronda rousey you know it's just done so well and again another wrestlemania type match um sort of dream match type thing and I don't think either girl disgraced himself at all. I thought it was, I thought it was brilliant. So, yeah, I'm gonna give it, a, I'm gonna give it four stars out of five.
0: Then we headed into the main event of Night One of WrestleMania. We had a talk show segment. We had Kevin Owens come out to host the Kevin Owens Show. Now, to prelude this, they did show a little bit of a package, kind of detailing what's going on. Kevin Owens has been basically been running down the state of Texas, calling everyone "hick." and hillbillies and criminals and wearing big stupid hats and big stupid boots and Canada's best, you know, really standard heel kind of work. You know, you take you take the mick out of the state that you're in and there's no bigger star to come out of the state of Texas than Stone Cold Steve Austin. So I thought it was odd to finish, you know, the grandest and most stupendous event on a talk show segment, but... I thought it really worked because you've got two people in the middle of the ring who can talk and who have character and who can tell a story through their vocals. And obviously Stone Cold is a giant, massive star. Other than probably like The Undertaker, he's like the biggest star to come out of Texas. He can still talk and he's still over like Rover and especially in Texas. But you could have put this event anywhere in the world and he still would have got that monumental big pop at the beginning when he. his music hit. Even I jumped out of my seat and I haven't heard that music, you know, hit in an arena in quite some time and I knew it wasn't just going to be a talking segment. It wasn't just going to be Stone Cold because he's hosted WrestleMania before and he's done segments where he comes down and drinks a beer and stunners people, but this was different and, you know, everyone knew he was going to have a match because it would have been weird to end WrestleMania on a talking segment and if you're going to go against somebody, it's going to be Kevin Owens because you know he's going to work for the match. He's He's going to do whatever he can to get himself over as a heel, and to do whatever he can to get. Yeah, it's cheap heat, but it worked because it it was great. They they can both talk, and they they could have talked for the whole match, and it could have been a two minute match, and I would have been happy because I was just enjoying having Stone Cold in the ring, and it felt like a really surreal moment. It was the it was the coming together of like the old Attitude Era and whatever this new era is with Kevin Owens, and it, it was cool. There was a cool story leading up to it, and they didn't go a million miles an hour which I really appreciated. It felt like a main event, even though they had to do the the no holds barred gimmick because obviously Stone Cold is is not as sprightly as he once was and his knees looked like they were going to fall apart during this match. But it did not matter because they told a story. They didn't kick out of a million finishers. It was one Stone Cold stunner. Then we went home and we drank a lot of beers. And you mentioned it earlier with, I think you said Seth Rollins, like he looked like he was enjoying himself. Like I'm sure Kevin Owens inside was enjoying himself being in the ring with an absolute hero of his Stone Cold Steve Austin headlining WrestleMania and Stone Cold looked like he was having such fun like obviously he was drinking a lot of beer he was kicking a lot of ass and that's exactly that's 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 the personification that's the personification of the Stone Cold Steve Austin character. And it was cool. He stumped a mud hole. They did a bit on the outside. There was lots of brawling. It was cool. The crowd was red hot. I enjoyed it. There was nostalgia. There was promo. There was good stuff. I loved it. Was it a technical masterpiece? <laughs> Not by any stretch of the imagination. But was it fun and entertaining? And did it feel like a big deal? Hell no yeah four out of five stars no 4.5 out of five stars just because stone cold's knees didn't break i love that, jim
1: <laughs> yeah i mean it was fantastic wasn't it i mean you know it just goes to show that the old school stuff still works you know you take the piss out of a town you know like you just said like kevin owens did that sort of heat and getting that sort of heat is as old as the rolling hills you know that's it's it's you know, been done in wrestling a million times before and it'll be do- done a million times again. Uh, Kevin Owens could talk like, pro- he's probably got one. Of- well, one thing I liked about the-, the talk show segment was they spoke naturally. They didn't speak in a fucking WWE contrived written way. They spoke naturally and that helped the promo process so much and the- and the talk show part of it so much. Kevin Owens just obviously kept digging himself deeper and deeper into a hole. Austin was standing there looking fucking intimidating. I mean, I don't know how old he is, but I wouldn't want to fight with him. He he still looked jacked. He still looked like he was in good shape. He isn't going to turn up to WrestleMania in bad shape. Austin's just got too much pride for that. You know, yeah, he had his double knee braces on. His knees are fucked, you know, so he's going to. I just thought that the the talk talk show segment was done really well. Like you say, with Kevin Owens digging himself into a deeper hole and still taking the piss out of Texas, and I thought it was a touch. The only thing I didn't like about it, which takes away half a star for me, is yeah, I know that they're taking the piss out of Texas, but. You know stone cold did a little bit of cheap stuff in there which he wouldn't have done in the attitude era do you know what i mean like by saying you know texas is the best state in the world blah 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 and i know he sort of got to do that in a way because kevin owens has been ripping on texas but i thought with stone cold being stone cold he could have probably done that verbiage in a bit of a different different way and not made it as cheap but you know, he's, they let him swear, they let him be the old Stone Cold during the interview, which was good, which was really cool. Um, I like the way when Stone Cold came down, he kicked all of Kevin Owens' signs down because they were in the way of the corner so he could do his posing. Um, and, yeah, we got, I didn't, you know, we got a fucking 20-minute Stone Cold match. And, you know, I don't, like you, I don't care if it was just brawling and, you know, suplexes. There was some suplexes on the floor, which looked, you know, pretty nasty. And there was some cool little fucking, you know, cool little bits and bobs in there, you know, but yeah, mainly it was just punching and kicking. And, you know, Austin Austin got sent into a post. I didn't think Austin looked bad at all. I thought if Austin wanted to, he could have had a match in there, you know, with, with Kevin Owens, like a, a proper match where they did a little bit in the ring. They didn't have to. And you're right, you know, Austin was drinking beers throughout the match. He was drinking beers at the end of the match. He must have been pissed as a cunt when he gone through that curtain because he drank he drank about twenty five beers. Um, and uh, yeah, and he, but he looked like he was having a ball. Um, Kevin Owens looked like even though he was a heel, you could just tell he was loving every second of it and loving getting his ass kicked by the probably one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Um, you know, if if not the best, definitely up there. I fucking popped for Stone Cold, Stone Cold's music. I popped every time he punched him. I popped every time he kicked him. And when they went outside and did the suplexes on the thing, he got him on his little fucking um, scooter thing and uh, Kevin Owens on his little scooter (laughs) thing and zoomed him on the thing. It's just such cool shit. I mean, it was, again, just WrestleMania stuff, like the only sort of stuff you see at WrestleMania. You know, and it was, it was brilliant. And it, you know, Stone Cold says he wanted to have his, you know, he had his first match in Dallas. He wanted his last match in Dallas. Well, that wasn't a match to be ashamed of at all. You know, like you say, Austin's fucked. His knees are blown. They had the only type of match they could have done. And it was really good for what they did. Everything was so over uh, because it's Austin kevin owens did an amazing job i i i heard when he went backstage he just cried like a baby because he was so fucking honored to have shit to to for, to have a stone cold pick him to you know because stone Cold hand picked kevin owens because he knew that kevin owens could cut an amazing promo he knew that he'd be safe with him in the uh well during the brawl they had um and he knew that kevin owens would make him look a million dollars so Kevin Owens has got a lot, really. Like they, they, they owe a lot to Kevin Owens for this one. But Stone Cold Man just having seeing him back and seeing him smash fucking Kevin Owens pieces was just beautiful. And the 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 talk show a bit beforehand before and was done superb. I don't, I, you know, I don't see how they could have done any better. Like I said, that it was a, a tiny bit cheap, cheap, heat, but you know, cheapy goes a long way. So. Um, I'd like to give this one five out of five stars. But I mean, if you boil it down to the match quality, the match was, was was a two-star match. I mean, it was it wasn't even that probably. It was just two people fucking fighting in the crowd. But it's Austin. It's Austin. And you know, that's that that that's what he'd do. And, you know, the the, the like I said, like we've said before, the drinking of the beer. And 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 just you know, just letting Austin be Austin was stupendous. Um that was what I don't one of the few things in the night that I don't even really know what stupendous means, but it was fucking it was superb and a great way to end WrestleMania night one. Um and it it, it capped off what I thought was 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 a great show. I really thought it was a great show, and believe it or not. As a, is not ain't a spoiler because I'm not giving you any results. I know you haven't seen the second night yet. We'll, we'll do that podcast later. But night two is actually even better than night one. And I thought night one was a, was a great was a great it was 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 a great show and an amazing way to end it. So Kevin Owens, the segment, the match, club it all together. Yeah, you've got to have a four and a half sort of five star match on your or five five star five star entertainment on your on 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 your map there because it was it was it was great it was fucking brilliant
0: It was wicked and I love the match. And yeah, WrestleMania night one on a whole, like it felt like a really, really good event. And just going down the matches here, like I'm remembering having like quite a good time watching the matches, being very entertained by these matches. Like, were they all five-star classics? No, there was a few matches in there that felt like filler, but like just going through these, if there wasn't so much, (laughs) so much filler in between the matches, like this would be such a cool event. Like sometimes when they do their like pay-per-views and stuff, they, they will have a match then they'll have a small segment then they'll have a package then they'll have a match and it seems to flow a lot better it just seemed like WrestleMania it's like they they had sort of two and a half hours of solid entertainment and then the rest of the hour and a half they just had to sort of fill it and they were like, I don't know what to do. All right, we'll go to the, we'll go to the celebrity in the crowd for, for 30 seconds. Then we'll go and do a musical segment. Now we've got this ad break. Then we'll go into the package, but we'll make the package a little bit longer just to stretch everything out. And it's like, I don't know, if you, if you trimmed this WrestleMania night one down to, Two and a half, three hours. I think it'd be a wicked, solid show. So for that, and in my mind, if I can just picture the matches and I can picture the sort of the circumstance and how it felt, like it was a good event. I'd say it's like a good sort of three and a half, getting on for like a four-star event. What would you rate the event on a whole, Jim?
1: I'd put it as a four-star. I mean, when you got Austin in there, um, you know, and you actually get a match with, with Austin involved, and you know, when you got Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins, yeah, yeah, wrestling, which you wouldn't expect to see. You got the two girls matches where they're absolutely busting their ass. Um, you know, you you've sort of you you've got four four or five matches there. You know, and 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 the celebrity match too. You know, you got you got sort of five matches there, which are really good, and two matches which is, which weren't bad. They were just filler, um, or they were just you know they were just you know trying to warm up the crowd. Um, you know, it, it, I I can't. I just can't I can well obviously there was some little bad, bad bits in there and like you say you know backstage skits or whatever some some kind of fucking you know angles or videos or that you did we didn't need to see or it didn't matter if they weren't on there but you know match quality wise um which is really what what the show's about um, I just, I thought, I thought I was, I watched it and I was really surprised. I I thought this is the first WrestleMania show that I've seen in a long time that feels like a WrestleMania, which I know I've said a few times now and I said it at the beginning, but I mean, it, it felt like a WrestleMania crowd were hot, the fucking, you know, the matches were good. They were given time. Um, and it was, it was, it was really, really good. It was really, really good. And it, you know, for night two to surpass that, um, they were going to have to work hard, and luckily they did. So you know, it was a, you know, I know they keep, kept using the word stupendous, if you know, but it was stupendous. They fucking, it was, it was a terrific, it was a terrific show and a terrific first night. And you'll see what I mean when you watch the second night. The First night was amazing. But it didn't overshadow the second night they had some some good surprises in store for that one so so for it, the first night was brilliant i really thoroughly really enjoyed it and uh yeah like you say you could trim the fat a little bit and make it a two and a half three hour show and it would have probably made it better but you know like we said earlier on it's wrestlemania they always bung over shit in and they always fucking you know do a load of, you know, he, oh, here's fucking Minty Brown. He plays for the fucking Detroit Bangers and he's fucking, you know, he's Senator Harper. Who the fuck is that? And he'll be stood there waving and oh, look who else we got in the crowd. It's fucking, you know. Fucking, you know, Jimmy Diddle. Fucking, you know, he he plays for the fucking, you know, he pro- plays for the the, the Boston fucking arsepipes. and he he's number, you know, he's he's a, he's a fucking centre half. I don't fucking, know, you know, you hear know them talking bollocks, but you know what I mean? It's all, all that shit. Like I wish they could just cut that down, and just. You know, and just maybe just have them in a big bundle and say, "Oh, yeah, look, here's all these blokes from this fucking thing here. Look at all these lovely." And then just fucking, you know, here's all the celebrities you got for tonight. You don't need to see them again. Fuck that. Do you know what I mean? And then you've got the Hall of Fame guys coming out. That takes ages. You know, we've seen the Hall. If you wanted, if you cared about the Hall of Fame, you would have watched the fucking Hall of Fame. And then they come out and celebrate again twice. They did it what the first night and the second night. For fuck's sake, do you know what I mean? I know The Undertaker's there, and you're trying to get your wedge out of him, but, you know, it's getting boring now. Um, so it was just, you know, just just shit like that. Like you say, trim the fat, turn it into a three-hour show rather than a four-hour show, and you would have had probably one of the best events that, that we've seen in a long time. But, you know, it, as it goes, it was still one of the best events I'd seen in a long time. And it was it was a WrestleMania, a, a, a show and a card worthy of called a WrestleMania. And everyone worked so hard, so fair play to them, basically. You know.
0: And that's it for today, folks. Thanks for sticking around and hearing what we have to say about Night One of WrestleMania. If this is your first time hearing the Falling Star Wrestling podcast, make sure you subscribe on whichever platform you're checking us out on, so you don't miss our Night Two review coming soon. Falling Star Wrestling is also available on social media. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. It's at Falling Star Wrestling. You can find the boss there on Facebook. He's at Jimmy Star Wrestler. And of course, your favorite painted pro wrestler, PVC, is on Facebook and Instagram as well. I'm at PVC Pro Wrestler. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you next time for another edition of the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. See you later. That's fucking brilliant.